Hey everybody and welcome to the Human Source Codex, the podcast where we delve deep into the mysteries of life and reveal the hidden wisdom that lies within us all. Join me, I'm your host Kelly Ray, as we explore the most controversial topics and uncover the truths that lie at the heart of our existence. From ancient spiritual practices to cutting-edge scientific discoveries, I will leave no stone unturned in my quest to expand the minds and open the hearts to the infinite possibilities that surround all of us. So sit back and relax and get ready to unlock the secrets of the Human Source Codex. And today I have an ultra special guest. Her name is Taylor, Taylor McIntosh, and I'm totally honoured to have her, this beautiful sister here with me today who's going to share uh, a journey, a journey of life, a journey of grief, a journey of transformation. So you, you may want to have your Kleenex ready if you're uh, one of those kind of people who, who get a little bit emotional about these particular things. And for those who aren't prepared to hear some cuss words, we're going to be using fuck a fair bit. So uh, let's just dive on in. So, hey, thank you, Taylor, for joining me and welcome to the Human Source Codex podcast. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be here. This is my first real sharing and podcast of this story of my life. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. And, you know, I've got goosebumps already. You know, I, I give a little bit of segue. Um, Taylor has done a fair bit of work with me. And, and also with others that are, you know, to help herself through one most people would say is quite a traumatic experience. So I'm just going to let her just share from her heart to your heart what it is that she's actually experienced and see if we can pull the wisdom. And I'll just jump in and, you know, as, as I do have a conversation regarding that, so do you want to just share, Taylor, like a little bit about your background and, and why why we're here and how we met and came together to be able to, well, let's just say, come to this space and time right now to be able to share your, your wisdom through what mm. you have experienced. Oh, God. I don't know where to begin. I've been like thinking about it the past few days, like going back over the story and it's like everything's so connected where do I begin because everything everything that happened is leading us to a piece of the puzzle <laughs> it's one 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 right now I love that <laughs> of course it is <laughs> um well I've grew up in Phillip Island and I'll kind of just skip I'll just say whatever it comes through so I was working heaps like down after I'd finished school and then I just had this moment of fuck everything I need to just take a leap of faith and move to the Sunshine Coast so I was with a partner at that time Jake and I moved to the Sunshine Coast with no money and no car and we just started exploring this new life of trust and just going with the flow anyway so then him and I separated and I started coming into this inner journey with myself I'm like who am I outside of a relationship and I was feeling like so incredible. And then I met Corey, this man in my life. And it was like, just at this time when I just started coming into myself of like, I don't, you know, like I don't need anything, like I'm all good. And then I met this magical man 
And I'll kind of go back over the story, but I'll just share now that when I was, oh, there's so much to the story. We were together for five months and then he decided to commit suicide and move into spirit. And I was at that point two months pregnant with our baby son, Zari. So, yeah, I'm not even sure where, like, how much of the story, like, where do I begin? So I, for, for this purpose, you know, like since I've met you, um, when I met you shortly after Corey had taken his own life and uh, we were, we were doing yoga and sound healing and meditation together and you were pregnant with Zari at that time. So, uh, and I, I watched you go through the experience of, of dealing with a somebody that was very close to you but also be who was a father of the child your unborn child inside of you actually taking his own life and you know if I can share what some of the things that you've actually mentioned to me a it's inside of our consultations as well is that you actually found Corey you found Corey uh, where and how he'd taken his life. So if that's something that you would would love to be able to share for our listeners, and I know that our listeners are going to be curious about this particular component. So, you know, if it's totally up to you, but um, if you can be as authentic as you feel you can, then please share, like, from, from that experience where, where you did find Corey. Mm-hmm. So him and I had just travelled back up to Queensland from Victoria and we were going through some things and he was feeling like he really needed to like get away, like get out into nature. He just had to be in nature. Like he he could, he got to a point where he couldn't even be inside a house. Like he just felt like, you know, he just needed to be out in nature. That's where he belonged. And so on this, we'd had, from the moment we met, from the day we met, we spent two nights apart. And so we spent every moment together for these five months, which was just like a magical portal together. And then, yeah, as we got back to Queensland, he said that he he said he needed space because he was going through so much, like mentally, emotionally. And he decided to go stay at his cousins, Keely. They were very close. And so he went and stayed there for a night. And so the last moment I saw him, we were kind of like in like I wouldn't say a fight, but, you know, like just things were feeling really off between us and we didn't really know at that moment what was going on, but I feel our higher selves knew exactly what was going on and happening. So he was going to his cousins and I was crying saying like, please don't go. Like, I just, I can't let you go. And I didn't really know why. Like he was like, Taylor, like I just need space. Like, just let me go. And I was like, okay. So he went and then I just, I was on, at his house at his childhood house with where his parents live no one else was home and he left and he said like come say goodbye to me and I went inside and I was like I'm not saying goodbye to you so I went inside and he left and then I was on his front deck almost vomiting like bawling my eyes out like I didn't really know what was happening I just something felt so wrong and then his mum came home and she was like what's going on and I was like I just don't know what's going on like I'm I'm pregnant he's left I yeah so I was like over the deck like dry reaching nearly vomiting and then 
that night we spoke a bit and I was like, I just need to be with you. I don't, this just feels so wrong. And he just kept saying, Taylor, we just need space. Trust me. And then he was messaging me saying like, you know, we're meant to be together. We've just got some things to sort out. And then I was saying to him, like, if you loved me, like you wouldn't leave me. And anyway, so then he offered to come back and see me that night. And I said, no, like you just have your space. And so then I went to bed that night in his childhood home, which we'd never slept inside ever. And I slept in his bedroom. And so then the next morning I woke up in his room and I felt so much peace. We hadn't spoken and I just put on a meditation, which I had not really been that into at that point. I was meditating and I felt so at peace and I was like, everything's all good. Like him and I have just gone through something, but it felt like something had shed and we were going to come back together. And then I got a phone call from my sister's partner at the time, Bailey. And so my meditation stopped and I was laying in bed and no one else was home. It kind of makes me like shake a bit because it's still like, you know, I'm, I'm going back into those moments. So then, yeah, I got a call from Bailey and I didn't answer it. And then I was like, he never rings me. So I answered it. And he said, have you seen Corey's post? And I was like, you know, my body just went into like, what the fuck? And then I opened Instagram and read this letter that he wrote. Should I read it out? Totally up to you if you want to read it out. Yeah. I think it'd be important to read it out at this point. <laughs> I love the fact that you're, you know, that you're actually, this is what happens with people that have actually lost partners or it's the speaking action at a distance. The entanglement takes you back to that time and space. So therefore you be, you're able to relive it. And mm. so the similar feelings actually show up during, like even though it was two years ago, now it's like the same or similar feelings are being experienced and expressed right now. Mm. So just for the listeners that are aware of that. Yeah. So him and I, we had a teddy for our baby. It was the only thing we had for Zari. So he posted a photo in nature of the teddy that we had for our baby and this note. Mm-hmm. So it says, hold your hands on your heart and close your eyes. Breath softly. This is where I am now in your hearts. Watching, protecting, loving. Through your heart is where the portal lays. From this place, you can speak with me. For love goes beyond the physical. This was my choice. And by staying in your hearts and living your fullest, truest, happiest lives, you will be honoring me. No one is to hold guilt in this way. This is my one wish. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. I will love you all so deeply, truly, forever and always. And then on the back, he wrote, learn how to lucid dream. This is where we can meet. I love you forever. Oh, that gives me like goosebumps and like tears in in my eyes. You know, when I hear, and I, I have heard this, you say that before, read that to me before and and listening to it again um I feel that and a lot of people may be subjective in in this understanding but he he had come to a place of of pure unconditional love for for life and death and had a beautiful understanding and wisdom that knowing that nothing ever dies it just transforms so Thank you for sharing that again. I just had a goosebumps through my whole body again. Thank you for that. 
thank you. And I also found this note that he left. He'd always journaled. He was very um, connected with the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And so he was always journaling when he was having mushrooms and downloading so much awareness in himself. And I found this note that said, this was before we had met, I'm not afraid of death. I'm just afraid of like leaving the ones I love and hurting them. And before him and I met, he'd tried to commit suicide a few times. So, yeah, so then I read that note and I just knew in that moment, that's it. Like I just knew and I just, I called his cousin because I didn't want to believe it. I was in complete disbelief, but I knew that when he posted the photo of the teddy for our baby, like there was just, that was, that was it. But, you know, there's, I had, I had, um access to all these thoughts you know like which all these pathways I didn't really know at that time like what would happen and so I rang his cousin and she just said don't worry like he's done this before he'll just be messing around and I was like no but he was still online on Facebook at this point and I was like no this is for real and we need to get to him and I was just going into like no one was home I had no car so I felt stuck and I felt hopeless and I couldn't do anything. And I rang his mom and she was at work. So she like flew home in her car and she was like distressed. And, and then like all of a sudden, like there was all these people there, you know, like the cops, I called the cops. I was like, I didn't know what else to do. Um, his dad was like three hours away working. His brother was at work. All these people ended up on the property and were like, you know, freaking out. And he was still online and I was just calling him like 500 times, messaging him saying, please don't leave us. Like, we need you. Like, I need you. Like, I can't, I said to him, like, I, I will not do this without you. Like, I cannot live without you. And I don't want to live without you. And yeah, so then everyone was saying to me, like, where would he be? And it's like, I didn't feel like I had much of a connection to spirit before I met him. And at this point, I still didn't really believe. I was very sceptical. But through our journey together, I had opened something which allowed me to really see more than I had seen before beyond the physical. And I felt like I was being blocked from knowing where he was, but I felt like I knew where he was. And so I was just standing there, like, felt like, what the fuck do I do? Because I know I know and I'm not being shown Like I felt like I had angels around me, like protecting me and blocking me in a way. And then there was this moment where I think his cousin said to me, where would he go? And it was like this moment of like, of course, there's only one place he would go. It's where we always used to go, mushroom picking. And the whole way home, he was saying he wanted to go there. But it was like I was literally being blocked. I wasn't meant to know. It wasn't, that was my path. And then so we got in the car and drove straight to this place, which was probably like five minutes away. And I knew exactly where it was. But for some reason, I took us down the wrong road. Like I said, turn right here. And I knew it wasn't the road, but it was like everything was happening the way it was supposed to. And I was just following my intuition. And my intuition at that point said turn. So we went down this wrong road. And he, his cousin Keely was messaging him and he was still opening the messages. They were being read. So we were like, okay, he's still here. So we thought, like, I don't, I still don't fully know exactly, but 
he was reading the messages and anyway we went down the wrong road turned around came back and then you get to this point where there's there's like you can go left or right and I was like fuck what I don't know where what way he would be and then I just trusted my intuition we turned right followed this road and then we saw his van and I just had this moment of relief and I was like okay he's still online we found his van and then we got out of the car and we opened his van and his cigarette packet was sitting on on the bed and I was just I honestly felt that's it he doesn't go anywhere without his cigarette packet like not even to leave the van to walk a minute away and I was just like fuck and so I was there with Keely his cousin and her partner Connor and we couldn't see him anywhere like he was just his van and then there's kind of like a little hill that goes over into like a bit of nature with um some water and Connor went over there and then came back and as Keely went to walk he pushed her and said get the fuck back in the car and it was really like intense and I was just like fuck like I kind of felt at peace like I felt like quite strong I was like no I'm going like nothing's stopping me don't tell me what to do and at the same time I was like I thought maybe he'd hurt himself like if I remember back to my thoughts I thought maybe he'd be like bleeding or something like that and he was just pushing Keely and said get the fuck in the car and she was kind of screaming I think at this point and then I walked over the hill and I just saw the teddy with a sage stick and I just yeah, I don't even have words. I was just like, oh no, <laughs> in a way. And then I looked up and he was hanging from a tree. And yeah. So in that in that moment that you actually saw him hanging in the tree, what came over you in that moment? I felt like I was witnessing an angel. Like he was hanging there in his white shirt barefoot with his his eyes were a little bit open and I was just like I felt unconditional love I -hmm. felt the most pure love I've ever felt in my life the most peace I've ever felt and I just felt like I was looking at an angel like hanging in pure white in pure love and I felt like I could see these DNA strands two strands above his head and I felt like that was him and I that's what I felt in that moment. That's our love. And I don't know where it's going, but it's in spirit now. And I didn't even really like before this, I had no belief in spirit or I thought death was the end. And I've had such a fear of death my whole life. I also felt like I always had this knowing that I would experience seeing my partner hanging themselves in this life. I just had a fear of it and a knowing. And so it's like in that moment, I felt complete peace that this something had completed that was meant to complete in my life and that this deep fear that I had is now I've experienced it and it's not what I thought it would be and it's actually gifted me the most peace and love I could ever imagine and I was just in a state of gratitude. I was also in shock because I have a baby in my belly and I was like, fuck this because I knew it wasn't going to be an easy journey and I was like I do not want to do this like this is like nothing could be worse in this moment so this was all happening at the same time so we we can see in that exact moment that you know you have this amazing sense of of 
gratitude and peace and love, unconditional love, like pure love in its highest form. And your words, angels, you know, and being present. Um, but then also too, at the same moment, there is this other opposite that is also present. The, you know, what the fuck? Oh my God, how can I, you know, the fear actually stepping in. And we could say that that is the opposite of that. And so this is the, the beautiful part of anybody that's experienced something like this or any form of trauma is when you get really present into these particular moments, you see that pairs of opposites are actually, actually together. They are synthesized and synchronized in that particular moment. And so when you saw both sides, then what happened? Hmm. I honestly just felt I was in unconditional love. Yeah. It was mm -hmm. kind of no thought. I was just existing on earth. I was just pure present, like I pure, like a pure state of grace and presence. If if that is, you know, like the pure state of presence. And that is for me like a place of unconditional love. And I remember when I lost my husband this in a similar form, having a same experience. And it is the most profound experience in that moment when you you have such an intimate connection or such a uh, you know divine love with a partner, and in our perception that they are they are have died. But when we can be really really present in that moment of the knowing of death or the perception of death, we find ourselves able to access that state of pure presence and it's phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal and um for me like my heart opened and it's like my heart opened for a, a moment and it was a, a, a combination of grief and relief together and that pure state of love unconditional love kept coming back through me coming back through me and it's it's like source God or nature, whatever you want to call it, you know, is there actually directing, you know, that hidden magnificence that is in the universe to, to hold us and to show us this. Yeah. And because you and I went through a grief process together. I don't know if you want to share on that at some point, but we went back through the whole experience where I was able to find those opposites and in that moment of death, when I was like, what the fuck? Like my, in a way, I was like, my life's over because that life is over. It's that no longer that path doesn't exist now. And it was like this moment of like my whole being expanded to like, whoa, what, what is possible now? It's like a whole new life opened in that moment. And that was like the most beautiful gift again. So, Yeah. It was so really inside of that, like you're standing there and, and you're obviously in nature and um, observing Corey in the tree and, and the, the teddy with the sage, um, you know, and then, of course, the chaos begins. But the, the moment of that moment of having that moment in time and space, like with that expression and with him, you know, that will never be forgotten within you. And I have to say, 
you know, it is true that that cycle is, has been completed for him and you, but yet uh, it transforms. So we say that nothing has ever died or nothing is ever missing. It just transforms. So well, I'll let you continue on to what happened next. Yeah. Oh, there's so much I'd love to share. <laughs> um, well, yeah, so in that moment, I, I also felt like I could feel all this programming in me of like what I should be feeling in that moment because I did feel pure peace and his cousin was screaming. She went down and the partner was trying to get her to go away, but she wanted to sit there and look at him and she was screaming, honestly, the loudest scream I've ever heard saying, fuck you to him or, you know, universe, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just didn't know what I should be feeling. I was like, I should be crying. I should be upset. Like, I'm going to look, what am I, what are they going to think of me? Like I was, yeah, I was going through a lot of all different thought processes in this moment, but truly I did just feel, I felt like him and I were hugging. I was, all I wanted to do was go over there and hug him. Like I was just in such a state of love, but yeah, I was going through like this conditioning of when someone dies, like I should feel I don't even know what I really thought I should feel, but it was, I was judging myself for this beautiful experience I was having. Isn't it interesting that in, in that particular moment that we do judge ourselves in, in the absence of understanding, you know, what was actually happening and then, then jumping into, Oh my God, how do I portray myself in this event relative to injected belief systems of expectations of others of how you should be so you know I find that fascinating in death is or in transformation is that there is exterior or um, exterior judgments from others you should be grieving this way you should be doing this way you should be doing that you shouldn't be da 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 you know so we, we end up in this quagmire of like what the fuck I call it you know like what the fuck am I meant to be doing because there's so many different projections upon others and how they should be during a grieving process or a death process. But what I found is that when you have an understanding of uh, the transformation that is actually occurring, it is a beautiful place to be. And I know a lot of listeners will be going like, what the fuck are you talking about? But seriously, like this is if you want to understand how to actually transform and actually um, move through grief and open your hearts to a pure state of love, this is this is you know something that I do, you know, go deep into teaching and help people through these processes. But I just want to go back to Taylor, you were talking about uh, you're standing there in a pure state of of presence and love and and your words were peace. And then Keely on the outside was screaming with the cousin, you know, we can see then too that at that exact moment that there is pairs of opposites there. So the perception of peace inside you, we could say with the screaming on the outside would would be the internal challenge or the external expression of challenge. So again, we start to actually see that we have this um, complementary opposites in everything. And and during any form of trauma, we go back and we source the syntax of everything that is in the environment and we piece together slice by slice these pairs of opposites or we synthesize them. 
And then what happens inside of us, uh, we actually are marrying, you know, our two parts of our brain together, our left and right hemispheres, and we're integrating our perceptions. And we start to uncover the hidden order of the universe. And inside that hidden order of the universe is a place of unconditional love. And because, you know, this might sound a bit woo-woo to others, but and I'm sure it won't for you to tailor, but um, in that place is a pure state of presence and gratitude and unconditional love. Therefore, you actually access the field. So therefore, Taylor had the opportunity and she did experience it to be able to be at one with Corey's soul or Corey was still in the essence of Corey. So, so when we... We, we, when we have the opportunity to really understand this and take ourselves into that place, we access the divine hidden order of the universe. It's such a beautiful, beautiful place to, to be during any, any experience, really. It's not just during death or trauma or challenge. We can access it in any given moment. But what we tend to see is that when we have these traumatic events or challenging events, it seems to heighten and polarize our experiences or our perceptions. So therefore it gives us the opportunity, you know, my work to be able to show the opposite at a greater detail. Just wanted to share that component in there. So, thanks. So then what once, once, um, once uh, you had realized that Corey had, you know, taken his life and completed his cycle here on earth, and his his cousins were, you know, doing what norm, what humans would generally do <clears throat> in the reaction of that. Uh, I love the part that you're playing the opposite to that because you you are that soul. You realize that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So I guess you know we go through the process of police and all of the the existential components that are required in. Mm in when somebody does take their life. So how did you navigate the next steps going into that? Um, like in the actual moment, like at the moment we're still in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really deal with police at all much, but I they asked me to call the ambulance and I was like, why are we calling the ambulance? Like I just, I was in a bit of like, why would we want the ambulance to come? You know, like what are they going to do? Like I was like, can you just stay there for a bit? Like I don't know, I was just... I don't know what I was thinking really, but just that. And then I called his mum as well, which was, again, like this simultaneous true feeling, two things. Like I was like, I felt so powerful and strong and in love with myself and this path I've chosen. And at the same time, I was like, I thought I should be feeling something else. And so I, anyway, I called his mum and I just said, I was a bit like in shock. I was like, I don't know how to say this. But anyway, I just shared with her that we found him and she said, is he okay? And I just said no. And she just started screaming and I was just standing there and I just felt like, I don't really know what's going on. Like I just, it's like I'm in the middle of this chaos. Like the, I don't know, the eye of the storm. Mm -hmm. That's been coming up for me the past few days as well. And that's like exactly what it felt like. I felt like I was just this, I don't know, <laughs> peaceful moment in, yeah, in time. The calm, so, one, the calm one in amongst all the chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so we left and then the ambulance came and it was 
yeah, a divine synchronicity. Again, this woman that came, she passed us. Like she just said, are you Taylor? I said, yes. And we were like 10 meters away, barely saw her. I don't remember her face in that moment. And they just went on and found him and did their thing. And then when I was, this is just a bit more forward in the timeline, I was having Zari and I planned a home birth, ended up needing to go to the hospital, called an ambulance. And she was the same woman that was there sitting in the ambulance with me. And she oh, just said, goosebumps. yeah, she's like, I know you. And I was like, I was, I was going through, like, I was 40 or oh, 30 hours into my pregnant, into my labor. I was like, who are you? <laughs> and she was like, are you Corey's partner? And I was like, yeah. And she said, I was there the day he died. I was the ambulance you called. And I just found that crazy, <laughs> a wild synchronicity in, in our path. This is phenomenal. And, you know, you cannot deny these particular things. And, you know, I love to say that the universe loves to give us messages and whether we're conscious or awake or aware to them is relevant. And we don't know what her, what her journey is to be in your life. But yet I find that fascinating that she was there at his death, but then also present at his birth. Right. So you know, anybody that's listening that may have an understanding of what, why that came into occurrence, please let us know, you know, that's fascinating to me. Absolutely fascinating. So yes, let's just talk about Zari now, because um, you did, you, as you mentioned, you were pregnant with, with um, Zari at the time of Corey's death. And then transitioning yourself like as a single mom and and being and giving birth as well like on your own without a partner how how did you navigate that progression in your in your let's just say your adventure of life Mm, definitely an adventure and Corey had a tattoo on him that said adventure is needed Uh (laughs) there you go there you go um (laughs) So, so yeah, I, so when I met you, you were, um, you know, coming to yoga and it was fascinating to me, you know, you would still continue to do yoga and then come to sound healings and, and breath work meditations and, uh, you know, constantly uh, put exposing Zari to sound meditation. And, you know, and I know Zari now, like he's the most, he's like a little sage, he's two years old. So it's fascinating to me to, to watch this child in, in his growth and his transformation. But yet um, you were in the Sunshine Coast, you know, like living alone, like p- planning for your, for the birth, uh, also dealing with the death or the, or the other's perception of how you should be dealing with death and then preparing to be able to, to give birth to a new life. So how, how was that for you during that time period? Yeah, it was actually a really beautiful time. When Corey passed, we were living in his van, so I had nowhere to live. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And then, you know, the universe brings you everything you need at the right time. And I just put out to the universe, like, I just need my own space. I want it to be in nature. I want to be around beautiful people. And then, of course, I received a message saying, here, I have this space. Would you like to move in on the Sunshine Coast? And it was like, it all just lined up. Like it just, I just trusted. And so I moved into this place and I 
spent so much time on my own. Like there was other people on the property, but I was really on my own that whole pregnancy and dealing with Corey's death. I grieved on my own for so long. And this is where I found my connection to spirit because I didn't have that previously in this way that was very conscious and that I really truly felt it in my body. And I just felt so beyond held through that whole experience. And I just let myself grieve. I really just dissolved. I laid in bed and I cried, but it was like, it wasn't like, oh, it went for this long. It was like, I grieved for an hour and then I was felt something different. Like I really just let everything flow the way it was flowing. And this is why it was beautiful to be alone because I didn't have any, what I would perceive external judgments or expectations on myself. I just let myself have my own journey. And it was the most beautiful journey because in that grief, I just found so much depth of love and connection and gratitude for life and spirit. And so I, at this point when he left, I still didn't really know what else existed beyond the physical and so I started going to mediums I think the day after I was like called my medium friend and then went and talked to about five mediums and the things they brought through from him were just like profound and it just it just started locking in like okay things aren't what I thought they were like there's more to life and it was just the most exciting journey because I was like, what is out there? And I started questioning everything and this was what Corey was all about, like thinking for ourselves and starting to question who are we, why are we here, you know, and he was, he knew we were in the great awakening and he would tell me the same thing every day. He would say to me, Taylor, I am you, you are me. We are just in different bodies and I, at the time, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm in this, I'm me. Like, I'm not you. Like, I just didn't really get it. But now I look back, our whole journey together over those five months where he was on, he was opening me up to the truth. And I don't know what that is, but it's just like asking the questions. What is, what is going on here? Who are we? Like, what are we capable of? And yeah every day he would say the same things to me and I just remember thinking like I think you're a bit crazy you're just saying the same things do you know you told me this yesterday and anyone we met he would tell the same stories but he was like he was channeling wisdom and he was like locking it into our bodies this you know rewiring us because we had been so programmed and conditioned to think that we were just you know I love that he was um, obviously a shaman in some form or a medicine man or a sage or a soothsayer or, a, uh, you know, like a wisdom teacher. And it's difficult for a lot of people to really comprehend the metaphysical aspects because we've been so conditioned to be in the finite component and, you know, proving facts. And sometimes, you know, those particular things you, you can't prove but yet there's this innate knowing within us and those that have a heightened sense of awareness, it's a deeper innate knowing that occurs. And, you know, both of us have actually spent time with shamans and when you get into the space of those particular people that haven't been tainted by um, a lot of outside projections and they just come from a place of pure nature, uh, you know, 
they're, they're actually reverent in what they're actually delivering. And, you know, I have to say perhaps, you know, he was one of those particular people. And we will never know whether he found it difficult to actually fit into, you know, the existential perception of the way that we should be through societal projections. And, um, but we also too, we as humans, we have this expectation of life to be an average of 72 years. But, um, you know, in my journey of looking at, at uh, the metaphysical, the uh, empirical, is we really don't know how our length of time is that we're meant to be in this physical form. It could be, you know, 72 years, it could be 60, it could be 21 or 45, whatever. And I do believe that um, when the soul is finished with the physical body, there's nothing we can do about it. And it's sent here for a purpose. And so when that, that purpose is complete, or it's, you know, it's, its mission is complete, then it's, it, it removes itself from the physical form and enters back into the metaphysical form to be able to redisperse into the elements of whatever, of whatever you want to call it, right? We could say, you know, back into the universe to, uh, this is a deeper teaching, you know, like to be able to go back to the center of, of the galaxy to actually be, become another soul seed to, to come down and then start the journey over and over and over again. So, you know, it opens up our minds to be able to ask more abstract questions or deeper questions of what are we here for? Why are we here? And where are we going? And where do we come from, right? The, the four existential questions of life. So, you know, I think he was a beautiful soul that was, that was placed in time and space for all of us to experience and get the, the teachings of his wisdom, you know, is now uh, coming through you to be able to share. And I love the fact that it's opened you up. You know, I've watched your journey and you've just really just gone like full into questions and asking and traveling and, and, you know, yeah, not, not, um, not believing any one thing, but really opening up, opening up to what he, what could be, or what it, what potentiality is available to everyone. So, yeah, yeah like I, I totally love that. And when you're talking about like the holographic universe of us, that I am you, you are me, Namaste. I see you and me. I see you, know, me and you. And I have this saying: the seer, the seen, and the seeing are all the same. And we start to realize that we are just a subset of quantum particles really oscillating at different vibrations and frequencies, but yet we are all made up of the same matter. And, and energy is what animates that form, but yet no scientist can tell us what energy is. And no scientist can tell us that potentially like energy could be the soul that is uh, animating this form, you know? So, uh, as we enter into the holographic universe, we have a realization that also too, nothing is missing and you can access Corey at any given moment as well. So I know you've had a few experiences with that. So you want to share? Mm -hmm. Well, the first one that came to mind was, I think it was like two days after he passed or it was in the, it was in the first week and I went to a breathwork session. Uh, you, pro you were probably there. Went to a breathwork session with my sister's partner, Bailey. 
and I was going through a big journey because breathwork is one of the most powerful things I've ever done. And that was a huge part of my healing, like to physically let go of things out of my body. That's what it felt like it was doing. So I was in this breathwork session and this tiny green tree frog. Well, first I went to the bathroom and when I got back, it was just sitting on my mat in the middle of like probably 50 people just sitting on my mat. And I, at that moment, I was like, what the hell? And then I just kind of like got on my mat and then it jumped onto Bailey's left foot. And we were just like, and then it was jumping around the room and Sarah, the woman holding the breath work was like trying to capture it. And it was such a big thing, you know? And then she said, they've never had a a green tree frog in their house. And they've been in there for years, never seen one in there. And then that exact night, Corey's dad had a green tree frog jump on his foot while he was in bed. And then, so that just opened like, okay, he's coming through his green tree frog. And then heaps of other people in our community, like in our friendship groups, all experienced green tree frogs coming to them in this space of one week. And I was just like, still questioning, you know, <laughs> nah, surely not. <laughs> I was like, well, nah. You might want to you might want to have a conversation with a with a um, a shamanic you know like an Amazonian shamanic or shaman about what the reverence or the reference is to a green tree frog, or you know to because I do you know like I was there that that night and I can I can remember actually watching the people like what the fuck it was like this confusion of what's going on, and so just an observation of the different non-understanding of of people but you knew it in the moment that you know there was a trait transformation that was there and so inside of that trait transformation was a message and that was that was a part of Corey in his expression but now transformed into you know we could say a green tree frog um or being dispersed into that to to still be in your life delivering messages to all the people that he loved I had a similar experience too when after Heath passed away. And uh, so, and it is quite common, and, but yet it's not understood in the scientific world. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And then since then, he's come through as Kookaburra. And so he had a friend that also committed suicide. And someone worked it out that it was two years, two months, two days before Corey. And he was a kookaburra and Corey always talked about him as a kookaburra. And then I started seeing two kookaburras and I just knew it was them two. And whenever I need a sign or I just need confirmation, like kookaburra, it's there every time. Even where I am right now, spontaneously came for a camping trip, pulled into this spot and a kookaburra just flew straight through as we got here. (laughs) And I just know he's protecting us. Like I just, whenever I, and so, you know, I've been through such a journey, like of, what is this journey meant to be? Because I know our relationship transformed and I still felt him with me. But then I went through a, I don't know, you know, there's constant shedding of different identities and layers of this. So then I went through like, oh, a journey is meant to be done. Like he's on his journey. Like I'd have different people tell me different things like psychics and he's on his journey now. Like it's time to let him go. So then I would like not even communicate with him and I'd be like, He's not really Zari's dad. Like, you know, I have to go through all these thought processes and then feel like guilt for thinking that. And it's just, I've had to just really come into complete 
I guess, acceptance for whatever my journey presents and letting myself just experience it for what it is. And it just, everything changes constantly. So just letting it be and then letting it shift. So I've had to go through, yeah, not communicating with him. And there weren't signs because I wasn't asking for them or wanting them or looking for them. And then as soon as I open my heart and I just start connecting with him again, he's there. And he'll be there at any point and he'll come through people like it gives me goosebumps. It's like and then I realized because there's a part of me that honestly felt I should let him be on his journey. Like he's moved into spirit. He's got things to do. These were words other people had told me. And then I came to this feeling of like. I do believe in the quantum field where everything exists at once. And I was like, fuck this. I'm worthy of having him with me whenever I want. He can be on his journey in another something. I don't really know what's going on, but why do I feel unworthy of having him here on my journey? Like, I want that. This is my life. If he wants to, he can. I'm going to call him in. And I've just come into my heart and gone, yeah, gone back through all of the other day I went through this meditation. It was almost like I was being shown a process of healing. It was just like not even me creating it. Cause I know it's like time, it was time for me to like really let go of going back in the past and wanting things to be different. Like it's not going to happen. And I have to now it's time to move into this new space where I'm fully present here on this journey with him here now. And so, <clears throat> yes, as I am. Mm-hmm. So I would be going back into, I'd be getting shown all these memories with him and there'd still be this emotional charge of like, fuck imagine what that would have been like like why couldn't we have one more moment and then I was like no I'm taking my power back right now and not that I was that it was anything else but this is just my process I went through I would go back into all these memories I was being shown that had so much emotion attached to them of wishing I could go back and I'd be in the memory and I'd cultivate all the feelings I felt, this depth of love, because that's all it is. And that's what I realized when I'm feeling grief and I'm trying to avoid that, I'm really pinching myself off from the divine love. That- Absolutely. I love that. I love that way that you've actually put that. It's so magnificent that when we can come to that realization that everything is love and unconditional love. And being in that awareness and, and allowing ourselves the opportunity to not go back and be victims of our history, but become masters of our destiny, which is to, to take the, the, the blessings from that which has have occurred in the past and bring it into service of the, of the now and the future. And that's where our heart opens. That's where we step into the place of divine, unconditional love. So thank you for, for that part. That was beautiful yes and so yeah I'd be going back into these memories and I'd cultivate all the feelings that all the love that exists in that moment that I think I'm missing and I would like imagine and I would kind of be like drawing it into my present body all of these past things that I think I'm missing and I it's like I could imagine all these things happening at once so I'm bringing all this past energy into my present body with him now in whatever form he's in but feeling him next to me so bringing everything it was like I was calling all these parts of myself back to me that 
you know, had been scattered around in the energetic field or something. <laughs> which which brings me to now, like recently you went to Egypt and you decided to uh, place Corey's ashes into the Nile. And we had a little brief conversation regarding that around, you know, the components of Isis and Osiris. And, you know, I have a love of hermetics. And when we understand like the deep connotations of spirituality in its purest form, uh, there is a lot of hermetic principles that actually show up or Egyptian theology that shows up into, we could say like today's modern theologies that are being misconstrued and construed like throughout, throughout people. But um with that, like all his parts, and if we understand the components of the story about um, Osiris and Isis and and how the parts were actually, uh, he was cut up into parts and then thrown into, into the Nile to be able to flow and to become whole again. To, so what was, what was going through your mind and what, what was going what was in your heart at that moment that you placed him into the, the, the river Nile? Well, I was standing there. It, I was just fully following my intuition up until this point. I really didn't feel like I had any idea what I was doing. I was just, I'm in a state of following the signs. That's all I, that's how I live my life. And I just, nothing holds me back when there's some, when there's a sign, I follow it. And so I'd been, I asked to be guided to where to release his ashes. And here we are at this ISIS gate, which was the most magnificent place I've ever been in my life. Uh, the energy there was just, uh, I honestly could have stayed there forever. So I was, I had his ashes in my hand and I just, the sun was beaming in my face. My feet were on this step. My, so my feet were in the Nile. And I was just like, again, pure unconditional love gratitude excitement like fuck I am blessed to have this experience like and I was holding his ashes and I just held it to my third eye held it to the sun and just said like I don't even think I had words it was just love I was just like here we go and I just threw it into the water and it was just like a magical like you know when like a genie comes out of the bottle <laughs> yeah. that's that's what I felt or you know like it just and he just floated off into the Nile and I cried tears into the Nile and it was one of the most magical experiences I've ever had in my whole life I felt something opened through the power of love the power of of our love that that we created together and even though, even though some people might say, but you're only together for four months, that, that is so short. How could you love somebody? Well, I'm going to answer that question because I believe that, you know, there's a purpose in that and it may be so condensed and such a beautiful time that you had. Um, for me, there is no time and space, right? When you when you actually enter into unconditional love, there is no time and space. So this is why I keep saying that nothing ever dies, it just transforms and it's always available to you. And so we we could say that that time was short relative to the perception of time and space, but 
but really when we can come into our hearts continuously and in from that place of unconditionality there isn't time or space so he isn't really gone mm. yeah yep i felt like we lived a lifetime together like mm-hmm. i have this poem somewhere i don't have it with me but I honestly, all I felt was gratitude for all that time we had. I felt like we lived together forever because we were so present with each other. And he, like, I would be, you know, in a bit of my like stories and my shit. And he was like pure love. Like he had no, he had time for it, but he was like, he was so, his arrow was set on love, you know? So all of our time together was just, such love and yeah I honestly felt like it it doesn't even matter what the time like we got pregnant after two months and looking back like my thoughts are like oh wow that was quick but it was it wasn't like in that moment we just we just knew we were having a baby like we we actually knew what was happening before it happened and it wasn't like this big conversation it was just like this is it like it was just this knowing and this beautiful letting life move through us and we had surrendered to it together in our the pure essence of being and then allowing the doing to unfold from that i love that there's not many people on this planet that can actually be in that space and not have an element of you know existential fear that deters them from that and then Mm. into the place of of um oh injected authorities or injected belief systems that take over and start running their running their being as such so you know i think i think you are like a unique person in that form but yet you are very similar to everybody else but just have this unconditional component about you that is able to uh you know, step into that place and allow yourself to be actually directed and guided from a soul perspective. Uh, a lot of people would say that that's batshit crazy, but from from my understanding and, and going deeper into spiritualism is that is the highest form of, of consciousness because it's in the absence of fear. It's in the, it's in the presence of love, in the, in the absence of fear. So I just want you know listeners to really start to conceptualize that what I just said there in the absence of fear is where we can be in the pure presence of unconditional love and that's where our true heart opens and our soul starts to actually guide us. Mm. Mm. And like when we got pregnant we were living in a van we were on Centrelink none of us had any savings. And I remember one night we were standing on the earth, like we had some mushrooms. I think he opened me up to plant medicine, which I was so afraid of before I met him. And I was like, I'm never doing drugs. I'm never taking anything external. And then just by purely witnessing him, I just felt this draw of like, what what are you experiencing? And anyway, so I started journeying down that path with him, which again, opened me up to so much magic and awareness around myself and anyway we're standing on the earth and he was holding me from behind and I just remember this feeling like we have everything we need by being on this earth and we I don't care what happens we have each other and we have the earth and I've never forget that and then when he passed I was like 
well, now I don't have you. So now I went into all this fear of like, I need, I need all this stuff. I need house. I need money. I need support. And now I can just come back to that knowing that it's love because it wasn't him that was giving me anything. It was what I experienced in myself, which I have access to at any time, which is I feel and I know I am safe and supported and protected at all times. And through this feeling of love, I don't need anything else. Everything works out. And I have this heart portal. (laughs) So inside of that, there really isn't any fear. And there's one thing, there's two things that can never be taken away from a human, and that's their love and wisdom. That That is it. And when you connect into that, we realize that we are completely safe. We are completely held by source universe and the earth. So the three aspects of our universal constructs as we that's what I call the hidden order of the universe. I know this is deep for a lot of people that may be um, listening, but remember that they can or not take away from you your love and wisdom. So I love the fact that you've you've shared this beautiful uh, you know story, Taylor. So where to next for you? Because I, you know, you've been to Egypt and you you know Zari's nearly two now, and like I mentioned, like he's such a uh, he's a little sage in that little two year old body. You watch this kid with with animals and with people and how he just connects and and you know you two and your journey together so where did, where are you heading to next like what's what's next for you guys or are you just going to allow the universe to direct you <laughs> yeah I'm I'm following the signs in each moment I don't fully know but I just know I'm I'm ready for so much like I'm ready for adventure and in whatever way that is that may that can look like anything but I was, I'm just started studying psychosomatic therapy. So I'm going through my own entire process of that, which is like the body, mind, spirit as one, looking at us as a whole. And so I've just started studying that and offering body work. And I don't really know where this is going, but this is just the beginning. And I'm just, every day I follow the signs, I wake up and I open myself up to the universe. I allow life in and I just let it bring me the people the inspiration like I see signs in everything everything is a sign and it's all a reflection so I'm just I'm just being and I've just come into a place of like I've I feel like I've kind of like proven everything I needed thought I needed to prove to myself and now I'm just like cool I'm here to be present and enjoy myself and my life and I'm just I've just started dancing and singing and just enjoying every moment of my life and I'm just letting the universe show me what it wants it moved through me move me you know so what, I'm, what do you think that the universe is wanting you to is directing you towards because I also believe that we're here to be of service to others and you know you're at such a young age you've experienced so many different things and have a depth of wisdom so if you were to tap into that soul or that universe and, and your heart, what do you perceive that you're here to be of service to and for? I can see all these visions and there's been a part of me that's been 
afraid because it seems I'm like, you know, I am, is it a fantasy? But it's this heart desire, which we already are, but to be a medicine woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and say that again. <laughs> it is my heart's desire to be a medicine woman and use my <sighs> voice. So we had a little brief interruption there. We both uh, needed to do a little pee break and and the dog barks. So hopefully you only caught a short part of that. This is life in the neighbourhood. So coming back to Taylor, um, you know, when you feel into your heart about like the being a medicine woman, you know, and sharing the music that you sing and you play and the dance and and, you know, the embodiment of the psychotherapy that you're bringing into, do you feel that you're here to be a healer of others too as well? And potentially that Corey, your meeting with Corey to, was a message, a divine message to get you to start that journey and to, to really go deeper into the profound questions. And, and because, I, you know, I, I know you a little bit and I'm probably a little bit more than a little bit, but you know there's something about you that is a divine healer that is within you and I don't know whether you're familiar with um because you did go to Egypt too is to the Essenes are you familiar with the Essenes like the Essenes were the the healers of ancient Egypt in the past and if you don't, I'm going to encourage you to to go and do some little bit of reading and research about about them and and how that they were actually in your position. Mm. So, what do you feel in your heart now that after hearing that? It makes me want to cry, to be honest, because yeah, I just I want to give from from this place of love and I'm not sure fully how to channel that but this is why I'm just following the signs and just to go back a little bit when Corey first passed every medium said to me all he's saying is he paved the way for you he's paved the way and after going to Egypt things have started to I've started to question more and more about you know like because I went and did a Hathor priestess training and I was like what's a priestess and you know, these, and it was all to do with singing and dancing. And that's my childhood, all I did, my dream. And then I fully blocked it. I haven't sung or danced for like the past two years. And now I'm coming into that. And I've just started with my psychosomatic using my voice. And I'm, I've been afraid. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what, like, it feels quite powerful. And I'm scared (laughs) in a way, like, but I know now I'm ready. Like, I just want to I just want to be in life and I want to share and express and I don't know, I can feel like a path where I journey with a shaman or a medicine woman and learn or I'm not fully sure what the path is. I'm like, universe, show me. Like I'm I'm ready to take the steps and I'm just, it's not fully clear of where actually to move. Well, I think the universe is definitely showing you the steps and showing you the pathway. And I think you're already on that path. So I think to think that we need certainty is more about 
like your words, like being in a place of being and and showing up to that every day uh, because there is an innate demonstration in your actions and what you're doing that is the a pathway that, you know, whether you're conscious to it or awake to it, I think you are. And it's not just maybe not giving yourself the permission to be on that mission. Mm. And perhaps, perhaps it is it is sitting in the question to that and just allowing that to unfold. Because I don't believe that any person on this planet truly with 100% certainty knows what they're here to be and do. They have an awareness of what actually gives them a place of uh, fulfillment. And so they follow that pathway. And But yet still, if we go full circle back, because we have to have the pairs of opposites in there, there is always going to be that voice that is going to be there. Are you sure? Are you sure? But when we can know that that little voice is, are you sure? Are you sure? We honor that because we know that that's the integral part of the opposite that is required. But yet when we get really present to our heart and we know that, okay, I'm fulfilled in this space or I'm fulfilled in this time or I'm fulfilled with this feeling of what I'm doing of service, that's where we find, I would say, the truth of potentially who we are. But remember that we're going to have that little voice of criticism there because it has to be there. And that, I would say, when you encompass all of the things I just said, is where we we might, might we will actually access like the truth of knowing mm. and just allow allow yourself to, to be that. So, yeah. so I just want to, um, you know, I know you've stepped into, uh, you know, the, the body embodiment psychotherapy and you're starting to actually work with people too as well. So this is the journey of beginning as a healer and, you know, I love, I love the fact that you're at the, the beginning. So you've got the whole world in front of you. You've got the whole aspect of everything that you can offer to people. And I do believe that you've got so much to offer, so much wisdom at such a young age, you know. So I want to thank you for joining me and sharing, you know, such a such a personal story and such a personal um, experience with me and with our listeners here today. And I'm sure there'll be a part two. Absolutely, will be a part two to it. <laughs> but, for yeah. now, but for now, like if if anybody who's listening to this story like resonated with Taylor in uh, her journey, would love to you know connect with her further. How can people connect with you? Yeah, well, I have an Instagram which is Taylor Macintosh underscore underscore. I think we'll post it in here as well. Yeah. Um. And then I do really want to be in person with people, like through body work, through like there's a lot to do with my voice, through just sharing and speaking. So I do see myself like be, like traveling around a lot and yeah, really sharing my voice and my story. Um, but yeah, probably mostly through Instagram. And then through that, you'll be able to see like where I'm at with my psychosomatic and where I'm offering because I do feel like I'll be moving. I'm in Victoria now, but I'll be heading back up to New South Wales and Queensland and yep. and Peru. <laughs> so yeah, excellent. Well, 
we'll, we'll, we'll put Taylor's details in the show notes too as well. And um, we will also let you know, like I'll share on my Instagram too, if you are up here in the coast or traveling through, like if you, if you are doing events or doing women's circles or clearings or healings, let me know and I'll, I'll share it with, with my audience too as well. And take the opportunity like to connect with a young soul. And I always have this belief that uh, just because young people are young doesn't mean that they have a depth of wisdom. I believe that there is this recycling process that comes through the universe and that which has gone before us is a culmination of the wisdom that is yet to come. So we could say Corey is also providing that too as well. And um, I'm more every day you know, connected with younger people that provide me with some profound wisdom and I honour honor them on their journey too as well. So, yeah, we'll put Taylor's details into the show notes and um, if you wish to get in contact with her, you can connect with her there. And if uh, you can't connect with her because you're not on Instagram, just shoot me a DM and I will give you another way that you can connect with her. So thank you for joining us today on the Human Source Codex. And we definitely did explore the most controversial topics today. Um, we went deep into the hidden wisdom that lies within all of us. And uh, definitely we went into a place where we are going to expand our perception around death. And, you know, if you have any questions relative to that too, just shoot us a message and we'll be happy to all stay tuned and we will be actually going deeper into, you know, how to actually resolve grief and the art of transformation, which is relevant to thermodynamic laws where nothing ever dies, it just changes form. So thank you and we will see you again soon. Thank you.